Welcome to the Wonderful Leaders Podcast, a place for Christian entrepreneurs and leaders to be encouraged and inspired to grow in your personal and organizational leadership. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Wonderful Leaders Podcast. Uh, I'm super excited today, as I am every, every episode. I realize I say that, but it's because I am genuinely excited. We've got Neil Hart today, and Neil is, uh, I'm not even going to introduce Neil because he's been involved in so many different spheres of leadership across so many different sectors and areas, and God has used him in amazing ways over the years. And Neil and I uh, spend time chatting in, uh, through all sorts of leadership things. So I said to Neil, we've got to do a podcast together just because we've got to record some of this stuff that we talk through. So as, as I always say, this is going to be uh, uh, the length of a good 5K run, 25 to 30 minutes. But then Neil tells me he's a sub-20-minute 20, 20 minute man, I reckon. So we might have to be quick on this one. But no, there's no rush. But I'm not going to introduce Neil. I'm going to let Neil introduce himself. He's got some brilliant stuff to share with us today. And I'm so, I'm so excited to, yeah, to have him on the podcast. So welcome, Neil. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, and uh, feelings mutual. I'm excited to be here with you. It's a cold, wet day in South Africa, and um, the rain has been pouring, which has been great. We had five or six years of, of uh, drought, and so got used to showering with a bucket between your legs. You don't know what that's like. <laughs> but uh, it, it's the opposite now. It's just been bucketing down. It's been wonderful. So, uh, yeah, really happy to be here with you. Good, good. That's uh, called an English summer, by the way. Where it's raining, <laughs> you've got your jacket on, you've got your jumper on. Yeah, that's called our summer. But we're, but we're used to it. I feel for you. <laughs> so, Neil, tell us a little bit about yourself and what your leadership life looks like. Yeah, thank you. Well, I, I'm a family man. I've got um, two kids who are teenagers. My son is 19 and my daughter turns 18 in two weeks' time. So we've got them through their, their teenage years pretty well. They're wonderful children. And I've got an amazing wife called Mandy. She's an author and, um, and just a, a coach and an all-around wonderful person. I've uh, been following Jesus for the last 25 years of my life. And that's the, the single biggest change and impact of my life. If I look back, over, I turned 50 this year. So over, over 50 years, um, having had uh, this incredible uh, journey following Jesus has been absolutely wonderful. I grew up on a farm, so I was a a very rural teenager running around barefoot on horseback and um, just having a a wonderful childhood in the the wild open of South Africa Um, and then got into business. Uh, Nobody in my family, uh, I, I came from five or six generations of farmers and so nobody had ever been in business and um not just any business, but started an advertising agency. So Dan, you, that's, that's where you and I have had some great conversations over time. Um, so I'm a creative by, uh, I guess, by trade and DNA. Um, a lot of what I do um, just involves being creative. So uh, as an artist, I've had two exhibitions and, uh, you know, play musical instruments and love communication and uh, just you know, various forms of, of, of creativity and being in an, in an advertising agency with young people and all the energy and vibe that that, hap- that that brings has been really wonderful and been in leadership roles since probably since I was 18. So, uh, you know, started off 
I can maybe chat about that later on, the different forms of types of leadership, but started off leading in the army. I had you know, In South Africa, we had uh, conscription in the army. So when you were 18, you had to go to, to the army and do two years. And as a lieutenant, got into leadership um, and then started my own business and various forms of leadership. Um, 25 years in business. And, uh, and then God really called, called me very, very clearly into leading a missions organization. And so handed over um, my, my business and um, took over leadership of a, of a missions organization. And then a number of years later, um, just received another clear word for another season change. And that's what I'm doing right now, which is leading a foundation um, called the Mergon Foundation. And we're still involved in, in ministry, but are now resourcing uh, ministries across Africa and, and Middle East. So there's a little bit of a snapshot. Wow, what a journey. In, in, you know, and I think one of the reasons I mentioned earlier, I wanted to spend some time chatting through leadership with you, is that you've, 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 uh, you've seen it from so many different aspects. And not only seen it from the outside in, but been involved in central senior leadership positions across so many different areas from the army to business to missions to church to to um now the mergon foundation absolutely you know there's a wide breadth there and i'm going to throw a massive question at you right now and you know feel free to chew, to chew over this but in all of those in so many different leadership circles just give us a little bit of insight on your different experiences and different styles and types of leadership that you've seen you've been involved in um and yeah just unpack some of your journey there for us yeah I, I, probably as i said started um you know if i if i leave school leadership things out it's it really started i can remember a very clear moment of being an 18 year old uh, lieutenant in a, in a crisis time and there was a civil war that broke out and we had to go into that situation and uh, you know, standing on the street, probably 5.36 in the morning with about 100 people in front of me. Um, and most of them were, you know, my age up to my father's age. And uh, realizing the only reason why I was the commanding officer was because of these two, you know, little um, stars on my shoulder. Um, and but, but realizing I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I absolutely <laughs> did not have a clue what I was doing. And so I was in leadership. Um, and, you know, later reflecting on that, I realized I was in top-down leadership. So top-down is authority-orientated leadership. And in the Army, authority works very, very well. When you're in a crisis, you need someone with authority to be shouting orders and getting going. Obviously, you want someone who knows what they're doing as well, and that wasn't the case for me. But it was a very, um, a very important moment, I think, uh, as I've reflected on leadership over the years, realizing uh, the importance and the limits of top-down leadership and, and that authority-orientated leadership. Um, and often when you get into leadership, you, you know, maybe you're a manager or you get given a title in a business or in church and, and suddenly you, you're in this role and you have this, this positional authority and right. it can be a very dangerous a place if your heart is, is not in the, right, in, in the right place. And then years ago, you know, years later, um, in, in business and as the CEO for, you know, maybe at that point, 10, 15 years of, of Boomtown, which was my advertising agency, I realized um, that at that point, leading from the center was more important. And so leading from the center, from my perspective, is about leading out of values. And if you can connect with the people around you 
that you are working with and you can connect on a on a values level it's much easier to lead people than leading as the ceo again top down and so you know over those years in business really made a concerted effort to try and lead kind of when i say center from the core you know from my heart to somebody else's heart and really connecting on that and even though i had authority to give instructions i tried to move my leadership over time to a place where i was you know values connected between the people i was leading and then probably the third really significant change and that would be the the three major perspectives on leadership that i that i feel like i could you know speak into would be um then being asked to come and lead a, a missions organization right and uh, spent a number of years really deeply reflecting on how jesus led and if you forget about who jesus was for, as a religious figure if you just purely look even with a secular um, lens on at how how he led and how he did what he did um, it was very, very significant. We, we, we know well now because many books have been written about servant leadership, but leading from the bottom up. Um, and that really, uh, you know, so you got top down, you got that sort of central values orientated. But, but when you begin to serve the godly vision in somebody else, when you understand that every one of us have, are called for a purpose and you begin to serve into that purpose from the bottom up, it's a very uh, fundamental and effective way of leading. Wow, that's amazing. And there's a lot that we can discuss there around that. But it's interesting, did you find, did you find in all those different roles, was it the role that changed your style of leadership? Or was it the, the things that God was doing in you during that time? Was it part of your own leadership development journey? Um, you know, because they're very definitive and very different leadership styles and, and, and structures. Dan, I'd probably say both. You know, I think um, I'm, I'm a fairly firm believer that leaders are not born. They, they, they're developed and shaped. Um, and I think that, you know, there's, there's something about the circumstances that we find ourselves in. And each one of us have got a sovereign set of circumstances. So if each one of us find ourselves in an environment that we may or may not have chosen. Certainly as you, as you grow up, you, you know, we have several envir environments thrown at you and, you, and, and, those sh and they shape you. But then over time, you begin to choose your own environments as you start to understand your purpose. And so purpose then begins to drive you into certain environments. And those environments will still shape us. But now it's a, it's a, a more of a co-shaping between what I desire and what the environment offers. Um, and great. then I think the, the third part is, is the curveballs that God throws at us because I found, um, you know, there's the, the certain things that I, if I look back now, I purposefully ignored certain lessons. Um, <laughs> either, you know, I wasn't ready for them. I didn't understand the, the importance of them or I was too selfish, too ego, ego driven. Um, and so those are the lessons that I found kept coming back. And, and so I'm, I, my assumption as I've, as I've journeyed with the Lord is that he keeps providing the right circumstances for us to become more godly leaders. And, and if we miss them two or three or four times, he'll, in, in a loving way, he'll keep putting those circumstances. And they will continue to get more and more difficult until eventually we start to yield ourselves um, into godly purposes within our own purpose. Brilliant. Absolutely. And I think, you know, for those of us that have journeyed in leadership for long enough, we will testify to that. 
And it's, you know, the longer you go in leadership, the more you want to focus on the external and the impact. And yet God's always interested in the internal transformation first and foremost. You know, it's his kingdoms built inside of us. And I, and I love that and hate that sometimes at the same equal measures. <laughs> but no, it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant to hear that. Thanks, Neil. And I suppose, obviously, you've got quite a specific um, leadership environment at the moment with the Mergon Foundation. So what does your life look like there and your leadership look like there? Because you're not only leading sort of within one organization, but what you do intrinsically means you're helping others to lead better as well in terms of the, the organizations and the people that you support. So give us a little bit of insight into that. Yeah, so we, you know, Mergon as a foundation um, began purely as a funder of ministries. And so we were, uh, our, our entire business, the, the Mergon Group exists as an investment company in order to generate income uh, for the purpose of God's kingdom. And, uh, and, and so we've got investments around the world on five different continents and about 70% of that income goes towards uh, resourcing ministries. But over time, um, we've moved along, we've evolved as a foundation, and not just being a funder, but a resource to ministries. And, and so, you know, finance is obviously one of the, the greatest needs, but we've, we've realized, and I think this is probably um, my passion for leadership, is the greatest impact for God's kingdom is a healthy leader leading a healthy organization. And so right. whether that organization is a business or a ministry, um, if, if there's a godly selfless leader leading it and, and that person, he or she knows how to lead a team really, really well. Um, and th then, then we're going to have great kingdom impact. And, and, uh, and so that's my, my passion is really to work with leaders, um, and, and help them with their organizational health in order for them to be more effective at, at building God's kingdom. So we work with, a, I work with, a you know, my team and I work with about a hundred and 100, 120 different ministries across Africa and the Middle East. And so you've got three different worldviews in that, you know, you've got a, you've got unashamed worldviews, you've got power um, uh, worldviews, you've got just all these different worldviews that are happening. And so much of our worldview also shapes how we lead. Um, and, uh, and so just leading into that really dynamic and interesting cultural environment is, is very, very exciting for me. Wow. Again, it's such a unique and diverse uh, environment to be in that's fantastic and you've obviously you've obviously shared some of your passions there as well about being able to enable leaders to be healthy within themselves and then within their teams so within that there's obviously uh the biblical foundations of that and that's the, the you know the absolute um discipleship to christ jesus of becoming more like christ the other side of that within leadership as well you know, and i'm just gonna I'll throw a question out to see if you agree or disagree or or just to discuss really is that is the practical side of leadership helping people to grow in their communication to understand others to know how to put out the best in other people how have you how much of that have you seen as being a key importance in kingdom leadership the actual ability to lead because you, know, you said earlier on something you said is that you firmly believe leaders are made you know, there's the gifting of leadership. There's someone's got a natural ability with charisma or, or they've got a natural ability to pull things together. But actually, the majority of leadership is actually people being formed and shaped and, and molded in the right way. You know, would you agree with that? How much of, how much of the people and the organizations you lead is, is about helping to shape them? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. So I think those two really have to be balanced. It's the, it's the inward character of the leader. Um, and that makes us trustworthy. And not only to the people around us, but trustworthy to God, where he, he then 
gives us more. Um, and then there's the there's the outward side, the the ability to lead, and and those are two different things. So, the inward side I think uh, gives us a a runway to be able to lead into different communities and 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 teams and environments. But we we often trip ourselves up without the um, the abilities. And so I, you know, I think there are probably two or three important things that I've seen over time. Firstly, vision is essential. I think if if a leader doesn't understand how to cast vision and carry vision um, in a way that's uh, compelling for those around them, then you know often they they won't be effective at leading. Um, and you know, Jesus did this all the time. So he, when he called his disciples, he said, um, you know, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. So he, he, was, he was casting vision. He spoke about advancing the kingdom and he described what that kingdom would look like. So he was casting vision all the time. Um, and, and, and those are the kinds of um, things that rally people around a leader. If a leader is, is really good at casting vision, they'll always have people who would, will want to follow. Um, but I think the second piece, and, and this is something that took me some time in life to learn, is is the importance of organizational clarity. Yeah. So I've, I know a lot of visionary leaders who have got chaos in their wake, um, and and they're constantly casting vision, but they're unable to create an environment around them where people are actually able to uh, you know pursue that vision in an effective way. And so organizational clarity is really important, and this is important. You know, in a in a business, it's an, it's important in a church in a ministry. Any organisation has to have a set of of clear um, agreements on how we work in this organisation. So again, if you think about Jesus, he 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 didn't just uh, cast vision, but he, he put detail of the vision into place. So the beatitudes. He, you know, there was, there's a lot of detail in that on how we live out the kingdom or when his disciples said, how do we pray? He gave them details on how to pray. And he was constantly affirming the, you know, the Torah, the, the first five books of the Bible. So that, that, which I, th I think is really, really important for us to understand. So the Torah, so much of it relates to um, the narrative, the, the, the broad narrative, which is vision. So vision is a narrative thing, but, but detail is, um, you know, it's, it's in the detail that those kinds of things, the wheels either come off or stay on. And so a leader really needs to be able to do both cast vision and articulate it well, as well as uh, creating a set of, of organizational standards and organizational clarity for people to be able to function effectively behind them. That's fantastic, Neil. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And I think, you know, there's so much we could unpack there, but you've, you've really shared that concisely. So thanks for that. Now, I'm going to ask you, uh, I'm going to ask you again a bit more of a personal question now, taking this to another level. Uh, is what have been some of the the biggest lessons you've learned on your journey? You know, you've shared a lot of framework, a lot of values, a lot of DNA, absolutely fantastic. And within all of that, you know, if you if you lead long enough, you learn lessons hard enough. You know, so what what have been some of the lessons you've learned along the way? Yeah. Um. One of the things that uh, I've I've learned uh, really the, the the hard way has been um, looking for and raising up uh, potential leaders and um, and and I only know this when you in a in an, an environment where you suddenly have to hand over something. So you know I led my business for seventeen years, and then had this real clear word from the Lord to move 
uh, into leading a missions organization. And so as I started to look behind me to say, who's going to take over from me? Um, you know, this realization, well, in fact, even at that point, the realization wasn't as clear as it is for me now, but um, to, to raise up leaders, to lead through other people, to empower people around you so that, um, you, you know, when you're ready to move on, when God calls you to move on, uh, you're able to do that and a, and a better leader than yourself can step in. And so one, one of the biggest lessons for me is, is, is every leader raising up a set of leaders or an individual behind them who's, who's going to be better than they are. And I think that's a very, very important question. Jesus, if I go back to his leadership style, he led for three years and he handed over after three, three and a half years to 12 people who were absolute ragtag bunch. But he must have been convinced that by the time he'd completed that three-year cycle, these people would not only do what he asked them to do, but he'd be able, they would be able to take it further. Yeah. And, um, and, so, and so the key thing really was the moment in, in John 15 where he washes his disciples' feet. And there was a, a really, you know, try to dive. In fact, I think John 13, he really dive into that where, um, to try and understand what he was doing because it, you know, was it that their feet were dirty? Was it that he wanted to show there was servant heartedness and all there is, but what more was it? And, and I think, um, and certainly I don't have the, the, the full revelation on this, but I think what he was trying to do was he was trying to get behind them and put them in front of him. Wow. Knowing that in doing that, he would give them the confidence, the self-confidence that they could run the rest of the journey without him. Um, and so, you know, he, I mean, wow. he says to Peter, if, if I don't do this for you, you can have no further part in me. Uh, and it's just a radical statement. He's walked with this guy for three years. He's invested so much, but he, he realizes if Peter doesn't understand how to hand over. So we could, you know, the easy the surface lesson is if Peter doesn't know how to serve, and that's absolutely true. But, but as a, a leadership lesson, if Peter doesn't know how to do the same for another leader and get out the way, the New Testament church could never have multiplied and grown the way it needed to grow. Wow. And, and, and in our businesses, in our ministries, if we don't know how to get out the way, we will never create legacies um, where, where the God-given visions run further than what we are able to take them ourselves. And so I've had some really incredible examples. You know, um, I took over from a man called Floyd McClung um, leading a missions organization. And he was such a visionary. But the one thing that I learned from him is how to champion other people. Uh, he was just incredibly good at, at identifying the vision in another person and serving that vision. Um, and, he, and he was just so, so in, incredible with that. And uh, the, the founder of Mergon, the organization I'm with now, Francois Fanikerk, he's, he, he's developed generosity or he's demonstrated generosity in a way that has really impacted my life. And, and that's, it's, it's the similar DNA. How can we be generous to an extent with what we have that, that we prepare to give it all away? So those are, have been really important lessons for me. Wow. Wow. Brilliant. Thanks, Neil. And you mentioned a couple of guys there, obviously Floyd and, and Francois. I mean, they're two leaders that you, you obviously have worked with and look up to and have learned from, you know, are, you know, what, you know, are they, would you, would you say they're two formative leaders or they're other leaders that you've worked with or you look up to have learned from over the years? I, I would say they've, they've probably impacted my, my life um, the most. Uh, 
in terms of living people, obviously Jesus, Jesus' life has impacted me uh, far more than anybody else because this, it's so rich. Um, it's just such an incredible example for us to understand leadership from. But certainly Floyd was, uh, you know, he's just an incredible guy and Francois the same. And so the different things I think that we pick up, you know, we, as long as we allow ourselves to be discipled by others, we can pick up different things from people all over the place. And so you know, it's been a joy for me to learn from those guys. Amazing. Brilliant. And we're coming into land now. I think, you know, you, you would have finished your 5k by now, but us slower bricks, you know, we're coming into land now. So I mean, turning 50. <laughs> it's true. And you're still quicker than me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So maybe you're in four and a half K right now. So last question for you, Neil, and you know, there's, there's, you know, there's been so much richness in these 20, 20 or so minutes, but Looking back at your life and your leadership journey, what is one piece of leadership advice you would give your younger self? Dan, I think it's, for me, it's, it's definitely one thing. And that is, um, I, I was trying to create a legacy for myself for many, many years. You know, I started uh, my advertising agency and I, was, I wanted to be great at it. I wanted it to be an, an incredible organization. But looking back, I was, I was trying to create something for myself and so you know the advice i would give myself is a far more um, uh, important view on selfless leadership so it's possible to create and i don't think there's anything wrong with creating generational wealth you know the bible speaks about that and it's it's a blessing to be able to give an inheritance to your children's children but with selfless leadership um you know, we, we can bring so much more into it. And I think there's, there's, there's one common vision for us on earth, and that's the kingdom of God. And within every organization, there's a common vision as well. There's a, there's a mini version of that in each organization. And within each organization, the team members and each of those team members have got a uniqueness of that calling in their lives. And if we can serve that, then we can, uh, we can really see things go beyond ourselves and we can really see the kingdom of God grow. So I, you know, I would just, I would have started off much more selfless. That would have been my, my number one thing. I would have, I would have said, how can I lead more selflessly? Wow. Um, it's more about the people around me uh, than about myself. Wow. Neil, I think that's a, that's a bombshell there to end on. I think that's fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Super challenging. Um, and very honest and, and, and really open. And I really appreciate your, your time and your input, Neil. And I hope that for those that are listening to this podcast, that you'll listen to it not just once, but a few times and really just absorb and let the Holy Spirit do the work and bring in that change and transformation that he wants to bring to our lives. So thanks, Neil. Bless you for your time and, and have a great day. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Wonderful Leaders Podcast. To be part of the community, join our close Facebook group and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Simply look us up at Wonderful Leaders and we'll see you there.